Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. What's up, everybody? Steven and Brandon here. Are you thinking of starting your own podcast? Try Anchor. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast, and the best part, it's free. They have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your pod right from your devices, and they will distribute your pod for you so it can be heard on all platforms like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Now, Brandon, I know you said the best part is that it's free, but I may one-up you here. Guys, you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Everything you need to make a pod in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started what's going on everybody welcome to the behind the glass sports podcast we thank you guys for tuning in you know i just want to say oh boy here we go <laughs> when we got our first puppy pivot mm-hmm. he was the easiest dog of all time at the time it didn't seem like that but he was the easiest like i just it took two nights for him to be able to sleep through the whole night just fine. And here's the other thing. He never once messed in his kennel at all. Okay? Okay? And and also uh he I don't know. I don't know what else. I can't think of anything else right now. But this one right now is driving me up a wall. I thought I was going to have a freak out this morning. Yeah, I wanted I wanted to throw her kennel out the window. Is this just a not this, for in it? Is this going to be just a one hour slam session of your new puppy? <laughs> <laughs> just let me tell you about this dog. I have not. We've had her for three weeks now. I haven't had one full night of sleep since. Well, that's what happens. No, that's not what happens because some puppies are like that. And he was just fine. Okay, but your your pivot is not a normal dog and we've been <laughs> we've been through this. He's he's an alien dog. Uh I'm pretty sure he's a human trapped in a dog's body. Like, I would like, not <laughs> be surprised if Pivot decided to walk himself out the door one day and go potty himself standing up. So well, look, my family's dog is a really amazing dog. He's a golden, so of course he's going to be, you know, really good. Uh, but no, Pivot is seriously probably the best dog I've ever been around. Like, he is he's so good. The only time he, like, he gets, he has, like, the leash reactivity. Um, So if, like, you, if he starts to pull and then you start to pull back, he'll kind of freak out. Um, But other than that, like, he's, and he's really picky about where he goes potty outside. He has to go in a specific spot every time. <laughs> but other than that, he is, he's pretty much perfect. Like he is, he's such a good dog. This one, on the other hand, she's a brat. And I swear she pees in her kennel on purpose, on purpose. Because when we, when she will like, We'll go to bed around midnight. I'll have, I'll take her out again at midnight, and then I'll go to bed. I wake up at like five five thirty, and 
I take her out, and there's no pee in the kennel. She's fine. Okay? 5.30. Then I put her back in there. I go back to sleep. I wake up at 7.30, and she peed. You have to find the right time frame, all right? It's not about when you want to take her. It's about when she actually wants to go. But she doesn't tell you. Maybe she's, you know, maybe she's just too lazy. Maybe she's like, I'm tired. How can you you sleep just fine and not pee in your kennel for five hours, six hours, and then in a two-hour, I'm just, yes, uh, hello, uh, Yes, we we are talking about my dog because I can't sleep right now. Oh, hold on! I look, I am so tired. I didn't switch the the face cam thing. Why? Is oh, hello, it? everybody! I am so tired of. <laughs> are we talking about your dog or the nuggets? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, we'll get to the nuggets. Look, uh, we're just letting him vent, Milan. Thanks for I tuning can't... in. I think this is the first time we've had Milan in the chat, so thank you for for spending yes. time. Thank with you us, for Milan. joining. But I can't sleep. Okay. Well, we apologize for that. We're sorry that your dog is is um putting you through that. Are mm-hmm. you good? Are you good? Did you get that off your chest? Are you good now? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, happy Tuesday, everybody. Is well, there, to everybody is except a, for Brandon. Is there a boot camp for puppies? Yeah, I'm sure there is. It's probably a lot of money too. So look into that. She will be going. Um, shout out to know. to the tenth subscriber to the channel. I don't know who that was, but hey, uh, shout out to you. And then also, before we get going, um, we almost have a thousand plays on on this podcast throughout the episodes we've been doing. And I know that's not like a super huge number and, you know, the the analytics are probably not great on that. But you know what? That's pretty cool to me. So shout out to all you guys who have ever hit play even once or, you know, our analytic number is probably the same amount of what Gary Harris is shooting from three point line right now. But you know what? All that matters is we're making a couple here and there. So shout out to you guys for hitting play even once, even if it was accidental, even if you were looking for your um, windshield repair podcast and you accidentally clicked on this one and you're like behind the glass sports. No, I wanted windshield repair. So shout out to you guys. All right. Nuggets time. They are now five and five after a uh, one and four start. They go four and one. Now, some may say that, well, look at their wins. They came against a depleted Houston team. Uh, they came against a depleted Minnesota team that didn't have Carl Anthony Towns for both games. It also came against a Philadelphia team that had, what, eight players, nine players available. And then they did beat the Knicks. So I guess their their only lone win that did not come against you know, a depleted team was against the Knicks, but it's the Knicks. But the Knicks have been playing well this year, too, as well. So you take it for what it's worth. But, hey. They've also lost three in a row. So the, the, Knicks, yes. are, the Knicks are coming back. Yeah, down. they're coming back down to earth. I'm telling you, I'm not shocked that these teams that were not in the bubble had a great start to the season. And now they're like, ah, we lost all of our Mike super secret stuff. And it's going back down to reality, but the nuggets are getting wins. They're now 500. I, I think last time I checked they're 10th in the Western conference. But I mean, if you look at the standings and it's kind of pointless right now, but if you look at the standings, I mean, what I think. Two and a half games back. Yeah. Well, well, and when you look at it too, I mean, the Lakers are eight and three, so they got three more wins. The Clippers are seven and four. Uh, the, the Jazz are at the fourth seed, and they're six and four. They're one game up. So, 
all those people that were panicking early on, I think we both said, like, just take a chill pill. This is not the time to panic. Give it at least 15 to 20 games. You're starting to see that the Nuggets are are starting to figure some things out. I don't think they're figuring everything out. Now, we know that their offense is really good. Like, there, I was looking at the numbers last night, um, according to Cleaning the Glass, which is like, uh, it's a like a football outsiders, but for basketball, you know, same vein in that pro basketball reference and they're doing well. And I'll pull up the numbers again, but it's, um, efficiency is off the charts for them. Their, uh, point differential is really good. I mean, the nuggets offense is great. And especially when Nikola Jokic is on the floor, which shocker when he's on the floor, the nuggets are, are a great offense. And then when he's off the floor, I just saw a stat earlier, like they're one of like the worst teams ever. Um, so it's, uh, it's a trade-off that you're, I guess, having to, to fight through and muscle through, but overall they're playing better. I don't know if I'm completely sold on the bench unit, but Hey, we'll take wins as we can get them. And that matters when, especially they haven't had their full lineup together. Uh, you know, you, you have Jamichael Green missing the first handful of games and then you have MPJ missing the last six. So these are good wins to at least be proud of for right now. I don't think it's cured everything though. No, um, yeah, I'm looking at the the Western Conference standings. Uh, there are just eight teams that have a plus in the point differential, and the Nuggets are one of them, and they have the third highest. It's the Lakers at one with plus 8.3, uh, the Phoenix Suns at plus 3.8, and Denver at plus 3.7. Uh, the next highest is, oh, I'm sorry, Dallas is, so they're, they're four. Dallas has a plus 4.3. Um, so yeah, I, what, I mean, the, the main reason why they probably have a plus is just because they got to blow a couple blowout wins. Um, but that's, you know, that's something that it's, it's not, it doesn't tell the whole story, but it's something that, Hey, you know, at least they're one of, you know, the, at least they don't have a minus (laughs) in that, in that point differential. So I look, they're five and five. They were what? Two win. They were they were one and four. They were one start and four the season. At one point. Yeah. So, I, you know, I I think it's just it's hard to really know anything this year. It, it's just it's a weird year. You know, uh, it's it's going to be another weird year. So, it, it's just you got to kind of wait to see what happens. But like I said, I really I don't want to say the regular season doesn't matter, but in my mind it. It just there's not a whole lot of weight to the regular season uh for me. It's the the main concern is make the playoffs and don't get the eighth seed. That's really all I care about because then at that point it's all about matchups. If you do have the seventh seed and you gotta play the Clippers or the Phoenix Suns, I mean, I like the Clippers matchup better than the Suns matchup. Um so you know that Based off of that, I'd rather see the Clippers in the first round. Um, but again, I mean, we got they got to play Phoenix again and and just see you know what the matchup is like. Uh, they got to play the Clippers again, see really what that matchup is like because the Clippers in that first game had a lot of just they they had a lot of reason to try and blow out the Nuggets. I, I don't think that's going to happen throughout the rest of the year. So it it's just hey, make the playoffs and. See what matchup you can get. Doesn't really matter what seed they are, but I mean, if you go on, they're on a two-game win streak right now. 
if you go on a five-game win streak, you're probably the two seed. Well, it's going to be tough in this stretch because, I mean, I mean, you got Brooklyn. Uh, who else do they have? I think the Warriors are in this stretch. Um, let me see. Let's see. Brooklyn, yeah. Brooklyn, Golden State, Utah, OKC, and then you got a, an away and away against Phoenix twice. So you could be on a six, seven-game win streak. If they, really? if they, if they can get hot here, I think they can get on the six game. Uh, I, I mean, if they come out of this five hundred, I'll be ecstatic because I mean, you'll you'll get Brooklyn tonight. Kevin Durant's going to play. Kyrie Irving. That's a whole different story. So you're going to get a depleted Brooklyn. That's, I mean, that's still they, nothing they to see. They they should win tonight. They uh, should be able to beat Golden State. Okay. Um. They they Utah? can beat Utah. Yeah. That's that's the one. That's the toughest one of the four. And then Oklahoma City has struggled this year. So they can win three of the four. If you can beat Utah and you can win all four of those, then that's a six-game win. Sure, and but then, then, then you go then the, Phoenix, Phoenix, the, Dallas, Miami. <laughs> so. Right. Well, then it, they get schedule gets well, – but what I'm saying is one five, six-game win streak changes the, the whole standings. So you yeah. can – you know by the end of those four games, the Nuggets could easily be sitting at the two seed. And sure. Then, you know yeah. they they might they might lose four straight and then be back right where they are. But all I'm saying is the Western Conference is so just everything is so close because the West just beats beats each other up. Really, yeah. you're gonna see a lot of the better records in the East because in the West, yeah, you know the Lakers will probably have the one seed. But other than that, everyone's going to beat the hell out of each other. Well, and we saw um, that last year in the playoffs too, right? right? I mean, we went in and Dallas was a seven seed, but I think if I'm not mistaken, they were like one or two games away from being like the four seed. So right. like you can't really make your judgment off of the seeding uh, because it's not normal. Like you said, the West just beats up on each other. There's so much talent. And I think it's too early right now. I know you mentioned the matchups. I think it's too early right now to get a feel of who you do and don't want to play. I, yeah, that's why I'm um, curious to see. And they only lost. Off. They only lost to Phoenix by three in that game so it's not like they were yeah, blown off the floor by phoenix the only reason why i'm nervous about phoenix is is deandre ayton um and his ability to defend Jokic, um and on the opposite of end Jokic being able to defend him i'm just not sure i think they have a size advantage um a slight size advantage and i think Jokic, i think deandre ayton can bother him uh i Look, I, I, I don't think that Devin Booker will kill them just because I like Gary Harris's defense on Booker. Um, but then I just the the shooters that they have on that team, they remind me a little bit of Dallas, and so they just they scare me a little bit. But I'm I am curious to watch those two Phoenix games, uh, on the twenty second and twenty third. Those are those are two big games to kind of see uh, how, uh, how, how well you play against Phoenix. They had to come back, by the way, they were down by quite a bit against Phoenix in that first game. Um, but that's a, you know, if, if they were to match up against Phoenix in the playoffs somehow, I think that's a big series for, that's a series where I think Jamal Murray, that, it's similar to Utah where Jamal Murray would have to carry the team a lot more, uh, than say he would against 
the Clippers. Yeah, and that's a series um, you would need MPJ's scoring punch too as well. Yeah. And, and Milan says, you know, just avoid the Lakers in the first two rounds. Yeah, I mean, at any cost that you can avoid, LeBron James and Anthony Davis will take. Um, eventually, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to take on that beast if you get to that point. They're gonna go back um, to back. They're, 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 yeah, I don't I don't know if anybody's gonna be able to get back through the Lakers. Mm-mm. Not not in the West, and unless someone makes massive trade, unless Houston go or Houston, unless uh, Harden goes to another Western Conference team, um, like Denver or Dallas or I don't know, I don't know who else would would be in in the running in the West. Uh, then the Lakers will probably get back to the finals, and honestly, out of the East. I don't see anyone in the East that can beat them, at least right now. It's early in the season, but the, the Lakers are, are clearly. The yeah, I mean, my money would be on. I know Brooklyn's kind of disappointing right now, and there's another team right now. They're five and six. Um, now, granted, they, they didn't have Kevin for like three or four games there, but that's a team. They can't play defense, but they can light you up in a hurry. And I think that's one team that I could point to. I don't think Milwaukee can because, again, I just don't – I just need to see it from Giannis in the playoffs when it comes to that jump shot. They're going to build the wall and they're going to make people – they're going to make him prove that he can at least be effective from you know mid-range to the three-point line. And then you know how I feel about Chris Middleton. He just disappears in the big moments, um, much like Paul George, but Paul George is still yeah, better. No, We're not going to no, go down this road. You didn't watch the you didn't watch Milwaukee in the playoffs then. Well, I know that they disappointed. They were a championship favorite, and well, I guess so were the Clicker, Clippers. I said the Clickers. Anyways, we're we're not talking about these teams right now. We all know that Middleton is worse than Paul George, and that's just it. I forgot what I was saying. Um, yeah, playoff P definitely proved that last year. Yeah. Anyways, uh, yes, the Nuggets need to avoid the Lakers. Um, but before we, we get to all that, I mean, we still got a long time before that. Let's talk about this team right now and, and how they're performing. And one guy in particular is surprising me. Can you take a guess who it is? Jermichael Green? Yes, but that's not who I'm thinking of. He's actually been a, a pleasant surprise. I mean, that guy is 12 points a game. You, look, Jeremy Grant is playing – look, kudos to Jeremy Grant. I Jeremy Grant is playing out of his mind right he's now. He's playing out of his mind, but – he did not, for what he wanted to do and what the team wanted from him, he does not. He did. He did not fit with the Nuggets. It would not have worked to as well as I think Nuggets fans wanted it to work. As well as the Nuggets no. wanted. It to work. I mean, he's the primary he wants, scorer there, right? Like, he wants to be the guy. He wants to play out on the wing, and that's it. The Nuggets needed someone to play at the power forward position to help Jokic out to you know just be a solid defensive guy that can also hit a three and you're yeah. you're getting that from jamaica green um he's shooting 52 percent from three uh Jermichael yeah green is. He, look he, that's what who he is he's a three and d guy who can play more at the power four position better than jeremy green can't he's a better fit towards the nuggets for the nuggets and one, I think he will probably be starting by the end of the season, or at least in the playoffs. Uh, and Paul Millsap will probably be moved to the bench, or at least he'll be getting the majority of the minutes, and Paul Millsap's minutes will be back down to 15, like we saw in the playoffs 
last season. Um, but he is Jamichael Green is a better fit for the Nuggets than Jeremy Grant. It looks bad because Jeremy Grant's going nuts over in Detroit. But again, his play style and the way he's playing in Detroit, he would not have gotten that in Denver. He would not be averaging twenty points. No. He would have to, the only way it would have worked. And here, here's where it's it's like okay, I kind of wish he was on the team and they got Jamichael Green because I would have started Grant at the three and had MPJ and Barton come off the bench. That fixes your bench problem, and Jeremy Grant can be what he wants to be uh, at the three in Denver. Like that, that's that would have been best case scenario, I guess. But then it's then you got all the people saying, "Well, what about MPJ?" So, you know, I I just think it worked out for the best for for both sides, just because I think the Nuggets. I don't know if Jamichael Green is the. I don't think he's a long term fix at the power forward position, but I just it wasn't the off season to kind of fix that permanently, and I think Jamichael Green is a solid three and D guy that can at least fill in what what Jeremy Grant did last year. Sure, year. I I just I don't I don't know if I'm ready to go to the point of he's the better fit than Jeremy Grant because I think Jeremy Grant gave them so much more defensive versatility. You know, he can guard I mean, he's not great depending on the two, but he can guard 2 through 4 at times, and I thought that was I mean, if you go small ball 4, I think that's great, but we'll see. But no, I have been surprised with Jermichael Green. I think he's played well in the games that he's been back after missing those four games. I mean, he's looked really good. The guy I'm talking about is Gary Harris. Gary Harris is playing really well. Now, if you look at his three-point percentage, it's not gonna it's not gonna tell you that story because he's shooting an abysmal 27% from three. But on the season, Gary is shooting 46%. He shot 45 last month. He shot he's shooting 46 this month. And okay, in the 10 games, hear me out on this. In the 10 games that Gary Harris has played this year, he has scored double-digit points. Seven times of those seven times, he scored at least 14 points four times and he scored a 21 point game as early as or as recent as last Saturday against the Philadelphia 76ers. Now, I'm not saying that Gary's back because I have trust issues here. I don't know if I can count on this, but if that is who he can be. 14 points, 12 to, you know, 12 to 18. If you can get that from Gary on a consistent basis, man, that is a huge, huge, um, just shot in the arm for this team. I think for him to be shooting this well, I mean, six of 10 against the Knicks, seven, 11, uh, seven of 11 versus Philly, six of nine, four of eight. Now he did have a one of eight stinker in that first game against the, the Timberwolves. And the, he also had a two of 10 stinker against the uh, Phoenix Suns. But I mean, he had six of 10, five and 11 before those games. I don't know if Gary Harris is turning a corner, but it's good to see him get in this mode to score effectively. And it really stood out on the, on the Sixers game because uh, Scott Hastings was talking about it. He was like, Jokic is making a concerted effort to find Gary Harris. 
He's doing everything he can to continue feeding him while he is hot right now. And I think that does wonders for Gary's confidence. And it's good to see him play like this right now. Hopefully he can continue this um, as we get through the season. Yeah, and obviously the three-point percentage is is low. But you look at his career average, uh, 12 points per game, 2.6 rebounds, 2.1 assists, shooting 45% from the field, 35.8% from three, and 80% from the free-throw line. If you get that from Gary Harris this year, it'll be just fine. That That is just enough cause, because his defense is fantastic and you don't need him to put up, you know, 15 to 20 a game. You got Jamal for that. You got MPJ for that. Will, Jokic. So if he can get, if he can bump the, his points uh, per game average up to 12 and all he has to do is shoot from three, just a little bit better. And and that right. average from ten will go up to twelve, maybe even thirteen. And so if he can get you know that field goal percentage stay at forty six, three per, three point percentage just bump up to thirty five, or even like yeah. thirty thirty two thirty three. Um, you know his free throw percentage will bump up uh, most likely. Um, but yeah, if you can get you know that twelve to fifteen points per game, uh, from from Gary with, with his defense. Now he needs to stay healthy, and we've we've seen from the last two three years out that the second he gets hurt, all of a sudden everything just falls apart for him. Right. So, hey man, Will Barton, that, it's it's the same road. Yeah. They both have to stay healthy. But no, you you meant like where where does Gary all of his points? When you think about how Gary scores, what is available to him? It's leakouts. It's I mean I don't know if there's anybody that's caught more touchdown passes from Nikola Jokic than Gary Harris. It's it's through leakouts fast break um a back cut every now and then and open threes like teams are leaving gary open at the three-point line they're just leaving him and, and i would too like you you don't have anything to go to the numbers and say at least before his hot shooting um that he can kill you from there now he's starting to hit those so it's going to be an adjustment too I'm, I'm interested to see when teams start to make that adjustment like okay we have to give gary some attention now um, and see how he adjusts to that if it gets to that point. Hopefully it does because that means his shooting continues to be great. But like you mentioned, he's not a focal point of the offense. He's option number five at times in the starting lineup. I would say that even Paul Millsap at times is more of an option than he is. And even if Jermichael Green was in, in the starting five, I would say probably he would get the nod over Gary. But Gary is now option four, five, maybe six or seven, depending on, on where you look at him and his status of the team. So I think that takes a load of pressure off of him. He can just play his game. You know, Jokic will find him in his spots. He just has to knock down the shots. That's it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, this team, I think, Obviously, they need MPJ back. Uh, the bench has played played better over the past two, maybe three games, um, uh, two games. Um, but I just, I, I, I look at this team, and I just, I feel, and I think Malone kind of thing is feeling the same thing. But it's just, it's very, it, it's just messy. Um, you know, I. He, I guess the past two games, he has trusted in his bench a little bit more. Uh, we kind of, I think it's been solidified a little bit more. You got Morris, P.J. Dozier, Jamichael Green, and then Hartenstein. Um, 
that's your four. And then throwing Composo in there once in a while too. That's your four or five that you're going to see every night. Once MPJ gets back, then Barton will probably replace Composo's minutes. Um, And then we'll go from there. But I just, this team still has a lot to figure out, obviously. But I don't, (sighs) Barton has really struggled. uh, And I think it's because he's playing with the starting lineup, to be honest. You think so? I think because so. the numbers don't show that when he's in the starting lineup. And that's a conversation I wanted to get to. I mean, we could get to it naturally now because I was looking well, at the numbers and when he's in that starting lineup and, and Milan wants us to uh, give our opinion on, on Hartenstein, we'll get to that real quick, Milan too. But um, I was looking at the numbers and when um, Will Barton is in the starting lineup, as opposed to uh, MPJ, they are their point differential jumps from a minus seven, seven to an 18, nine with Will Barton. Now that's not all Will Barton, I'm sure, but I do think there is something to be said that Will Barton has better chemistry with those starters. He knows how to fit in with those starters. And I was thinking about this last night. You don't see MPJ run those designed handoffs, uh, with Jokic much. You see Gary do it. You see Jamal do it and you see Will Barton do it a lot. You never see MPJ do it. And Will Barton, I think, has a chemistry with the offense. So I think the flow is better. I think that's why they're more efficient. Now, is Will Barton playing out of his mind? No, but I think his presence in the starting lineup makes that unit run a little bit better than it does with MPJ because there's still there's still some kinks to be worked out there. Well, I think a lot of that point differential is just MPJ's defense. Um I think what what Will gives you is just a, a, a just a better defender, and that's why I think that point differential goes up. Uh, but you know he had he had the one uh, really good game against Minnesota in that second game. He had twenty points, seven rebounds. Um, but other than that, his next best game was fourteen three and three against Philly, um, and that's the only two games where he has put up double figures in the games that he started. So I think it's more of, yeah, his defense makes that starting lineup a little bit better, uh, but his scoring has not been there at all. He has been, he's not been efficient at all. 14% from the field, 27% from the field, 50, uh, that one good game against Minnesota, 43, 60, the, the second game against Philly. Um, and then two of seven against New York. I'm so, looking at his shooting splits and he's 40% on the year from the field and 29 from three. So yeah, it's not good. Yeah, No. And, and again, he hasn't played in a while. Um, so that, that could be him just kind of figuring things out, uh, as well. Uh, but you know, that's something where the nuggets just don't have one. They don't have a consistent second guy and they don't have a third guy right now. And even with MPJ, when, when MPJ is out there playing, they just don't have the third guy yet. Obviously, that can change by the end of the season, but that's the goal. The, the two most important things for this team to get done by the playoffs is Jamal Murray needs to be consistent. That's number one. And number two, they need to find a consistent third piece, whether it's Will, Gary, MPJ, Whoever that is, they need to find that third consistent piece. Um, 
because if they don't, they're going to get bounced in the first round. They cannot survive in 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 the Western Conference with with your MVP type level player and then an inconsistent two and nowhere to be found having a a, a guy you know to be your third. So that's that's the that's the concern for this team. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And and there's going to be a point too, where Malone's going to have to make that decision that I think we all thought we were already past is Will Barton or Michael Porter Jr. Which one do you keep in the starting lineup? I think that's a decision that's going to be fought with and wrestled with throughout the entire season. Um, To answer Milan's question, I don't know how you feel about Hartenstein. I think he's, I think he's solid for what they do. He's a great energy player. Um, I think when he does get minutes, um, it seems like his minutes are really matchup based, which I'm fine with. Um, But when he is in, I mean, he provides essentially what Mason Plumlee did. Uh, I think Mace is a little bit more athletic and a little bit more uh, less, or I guess a little less stiff in the hips than Hartenstein. But Hartenstein, I think, has maybe like an inch or two on Mason. And him and Monte have really great chemistry together. And I think with Hartenstein, what you can count on is fight on the boards offensively. He's good for at least one, two offensive rebounds a game, whether he's just scrapping with guys, tipping it out, or just showing that effort and energy to grab one himself. I think he's been a solid signing. Um, Again, I don't think we can expect major things from Hartenstein. Uh, Maybe he plays a bigger role in the playoffs, depending on the matchup. But I've liked what I've seen so far from him. Yeah. um, He fouled out in just 12 minutes. But I I don't mind that. I don't mind your your backup center fouling out um, in 12 minutes. I I think if he can be kind of that that dog that they need down down there, then that's fine. I really don't like Malone's whole matchup based in the regular season. I I think you just need to play your guys and get them as many minutes as you can in the regular season, um, so that they're ready to go in the playoffs. Uh, so that's you know that that's annoying me uh, a little bit. Um, I think he's just. I think Malone's just trying too hard right now. And and maybe it's because they started out one and four and they were struggling. But I, I really do think Malone is trying a little too hard. Um, just get these guys minutes. Don't worry about the matchup. If someone's not playing well, then fine. But at least play them. Um because if you're if a team if you know a team is gonna go small, why do you have to go small to match them? Because it, that doesn't necessarily give them an advantage. A lot of times going big against a small team can give you the advantage. So I, I don't I don't really, and, and I don't know if that was just a lame-ass excuse because it just feel like it was. Um, I, I Maybe something not, was up with, with Hartenstein. Maybe he was just in doghouse for whatever reason. I don't know. But when he's out there, he's pretty efficient. Uh, I think he's a better offensive player than than Mason is. Uh, Mason was here. Um, I I don't know about his defense. I think Mason was slightly better defensively, but like you said, Hartenstein's bigger. Uh, he can bother shots. He's he's good uh, on the offensive glass. So you know, I just I want to see him get anywhere between twelve to twenty minutes, depending on how well he's playing every night. It shouldn't just be oh well. You know, so and so was going small. 
that that, that shouldn't matter uh, because he's your backup center. You, you can't play Jokic 43 minutes every night. Um, so that's that's my only thing with uh, with that is, you know, he's a, he's a new guy on this roster. He needs to get his minutes. Monte has been awesome this year. Oh, he's been uh, he's been excellent this year. Yeah. I mean, uh, he's been that, a lock for 12 at least 12 points a night. Yeah, we we questioned them re-signing him not because we thought that Morris wasn't good enough, but just because of what they've told us as far as their actions. Um, you know, with PJ signing Campazo, drafting RJ Hampton, uh it just to me it didn't make a whole lot of sense. Uh but he's he's definitely proven that you know he he deserved that contract um so you know he's been fantastic pj dozier has been really good too i want to see dozier just attack more offensively like i want him to be more involved in it offensively because when he is he is re- he's really good and really efficient um against the knicks four of six from the field three of four from three at 12 points five rebounds two assists he when he's out there and a lot of times what happens is he kind of just stands in the corner and doesn't do anything uh and so you see those stat lines of like two points on one of two shooting and he had you know like four rebounds and two assists and it's like and he played like 20 minutes so those are you know that's another thing where like he the the bench unit needs to just do a better job of getting everyone involved. I think that bench unit just gets a little stagnant and it's probably because they don't really have a guy who can kind of take control offensively, at least right now with Will being essentially in the lineup. that is it. Yeah, yeah. right. You, you don't have anyone. So, I mean, if you're playing the Nuggets second unit, who do you fear? I mean, you know, Monte right. can get his shot, but again, if, if it's not in pick and roll situations, Monte's not like going to break you down necessarily. And he's not super fast to where he's going to get by you. He gets most of his stuff in the pick and roll game. And when the ball is swung to him on an open pass, I mean, PJ Dozier, you're not going to, that's why they're having to stagger those minutes. Um, well, that's, that's why saying, though, I, I want to see PJ. Yeah. That's why I'm saying though. I want PJ Dozier to be just more aggressive. I think he was in that, in that next game, but he, he needs to, you know, he's playing at the two. Um, he needs to be a little bit more aggressive offensively because when he is, he's really good. You know, like I said, four of six from the field, three and four from three. He's not a bad shooter. Like he can shoot the ball. Um, he can score the ball and he's a great playmaker. So he can, he can be that guy for them. Uh, you know, on the season, he's averaging 19 minutes per game, shooting 45% from the field. 43% from three. I mean, that's, that is solid. That is sh- solid shooting numbers. I, he just, he needs to be more aggressive. I, he can't have these, you know, against the first game against Minnesota, seven points, second game against Minnesota, three points, you know, that that's in 20 minutes and 16 minutes. That can't happen against Philly. 19 minutes had five points. He needs to be more aggressive offensively because he, he shoots the ball really well you know he's a he's a really good offensive player he can score and he just it's that classic you know just not just not being not looking to score he's just not aggressive yeah I mean it could be some of that it could be just some of just finding a feel for that second unit because it's kind of seen a little bit of shake up um I agree I don't know what what Dozier is shooting on the year. I don't know if we can count on his he, he's shooting. He's shooting 43% from three. 
Is he really? How many has he taken? Has he got a decent sample size for that? Because uh, I don't know if he's necessarily a shooter, but I do like PJ's ability offensively. He's a, he's a bigger guard. He can get to the basket. Um, I know free throw shooting at times is a bit questionable, but he I, it, he's shooting about two a game. That's all I can find right okay. now. Which which is more than you know, like that's. You know, you're, he's making one out of every, he's making half of them essentially. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, if he's open, shoot it. You know, I mean, if you're open, shoot the thing. I don't want a guy out there that's going to be, you know, that kid doesn't have that confidence because I mean, it's listen. If you're not going to shoot it, then the teams know that, and then it just makes it harder for the offense to score. So he's going to have to shoot it, and he's going to get his opportunities. He's, so he shot 21 so far in 10 games. He's nine of 21. Okay. I just look. He's shooting forty right now. He's shooting forty three percent from three. If you if you start shooting, I don't know, maybe not twice as much, but a little bit more, and that number drops to maybe thirty eight, I'll still take that because you're shooting more. Yeah. So that means you're still making more, right? So I just I want to see PJ Dozier really take a a little bit more of a command on of that offense being taking that role on of being the scorer on that second unit because he can do that. That's all I want to see. I, he's six foot six, two Oh five. He can play he, long arms. He can shoot the ball. Well, he can get to the rim. He's a really good passer. Um, so I just, I, I want to see him just take a little bit more control of that second unit offense. Yeah, it just feels like this entire team is still fine. And listen, this is the biggest turnover in Michael Malone's career when it comes to the roster. Uh, I think there's seven new players on this team this year and guys getting new minutes. So I think it's still going to take time. And that's part of the reason why we were explaining like through the podcast, just don't panic just yet. Just give it time. It's a weird season, first and foremost, uh, a shortened off season. Then you have the turnover. Then you have guys that weren't necessarily available in Jermichael Green, and that forced Malone having to get creative with his lineups. I mean, we saw P.J. Dozier play time at the four in certain games, which is not what you want. And then you have MPJ, you know, having to go through the health and safety protocols over and over and over again. So it's like at, at a certain point, you just have to just wait and see what you have. And I think now you're starting to see the Nuggets have talent, but you just got to give it time to to kind of bud and 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 figure out where everybody can fit. Um, I just think we just gotta we just gotta be patient. We just gotta wait. Now I don't think this team will be will be as good as last year's team, and I think we're both there. Um, even though you had a higher win total than I did, I think you had them finishing a top three seed. I had them around the four or five, six seed somewhere in there. I think four or five was where I had them, but. This will still be a good team. It's just going to take time to figure everything out. And I wrote an article for the fan yesterday. It came out today. Just kind of, a, if I was the GM of the Nuggets, what would I do to kind of get this team back on track? And one of the things I said was stay on course for every reason I just explained there. Just stay the course for right now. Don't panic. You've missed your Michael Green to the calf injury early. Now MPJ's missing. If you can get those guys and get a full feel for what you have there, then I think you'll be fine. I also think you need to hang up and and believe in Gary at least one more time. There was rumors that the Nuggets were, you know, calling around to see what Gary's trade value was 
and nobody was biting on it. And rightfully so, because he hadn't played well enough to get a trade value. So I think you just got to believe in Gary for right now. And then lastly, um, I think you got to consider, and I didn't add the Jermichael Green one. That's one I thought about adding uh, Jermichael Green to the starting lineup for Paul Millsap. I think we got to give that more time to see how that plays out, but it's trending that direction. But for right now, I think it's you have to consider um, reinserting Will Barton back into the starting lineup. Um, and before the season, I was adamant MPJ has to start. He has to gain that experience. I still think that's a valuable thing. But again, it's kind of like, what is our goal for this season? Is it to win the most games and, and to make the most noise in the playoffs? Because I think if that's the case, I think Will Barton is probably the better option there because the chemistry is better. Or do you sacrifice some wins and some potential playoff seeding to get MPJ that experience? Even though his his fit in the offense is a great, but maybe you iron that out. But maybe you don't iron that out uh, because I still have questions whether or not he could fit with this team, at least the two stars you know, as currently constructed going forward. That's just a question I think for right now. Maybe we do need to keep Will Barton in the starting lineup until MPJ no. proves otherwise. Well, I'll say this. And look, I I was in favor of having him come off the bench, not because of his chemistry issues with the starting lineup, but because I thought that he could take advantage of playing against other backups, right? When you're coming off the bench, you're playing against other backups, you can take control of the offense and you can be the number one option uh, in most cases when you're coming off the bench. As long as he's getting 25 to 30 minutes, I'm happy. Um, but in the four games that he played and he started all four, he was averaging 19 and seven. So, and you look at what Will was averaging or is averaging in, in the games that he started and it's not nearly like that. Now, the problem is that MPJ has probably given up 25 points. So that's where can – like what What do – I guess I guess the question is for, for Malone is what does he want? Does, does he want that efficiency on, on offense or does he want to be – does he want this defense just to be solid? Um, you know – the the do you real are you that desperate to get this chemistry fixed with with um with MPJ and Jamal because uh, the chemistry is great with MPJ and Jokic, but I think that the main thing is getting the chemistry right with MPJ and, and Jamal and just overall in that starting lineup. Does that matter? Does does that matter to Malone? Because if it doesn't, then I do think that MPJ should probably come off the bench. Now, if, if you I look the whole thing about getting the chemistry right and making you know getting MPJ in the starting lineup and getting all that done so that way you're better in the future. I don't think that's the biggest deal in the world because, like I pointed out before, there's been other teams that have had three guys and the third came off the bench, not because he wasn't good enough to start, but because it fit better, because he could take control of that second unit, play against other second units and take advantage of that um james harden in oklahoma city um you know uh they're the uh manu ginobili in san antonio um it just it fit better it made sense because those guys can take control of that second unit and be the guy because they couldn't do that in the starting lineup because you know in okc you had katie and russell westbrook in san antonio you had 
Kawhi, Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, whoever. Um, so it, it just, I guess it, it really just depends. And I think right now you can get away with having MPJ come off the bench. And then maybe, you know, when Will, because Will is a free agent, then next year you work on MPJ getting in that starting lineup. Um, so that that can wait because MPJ is so young. And the more time, you know, you can still get him minutes with Jamal and, and Jokic throughout the season. And you can start building that chemistry. That way, when you get into next year, the transition is maybe a little bit easier. Because look, the transition is so much difficult this year because he barely played last year. So, you know, that's that's the problem. Now, if he gets 25, look, he's getting 29 minutes per game right now. If if that stays right around 27, 20, 29, and he's coming off the bench, then the transition from him going to the bench to the starting lineup next year will be a whole lot easier because he's still getting close to 30 minutes a game. So that means he's still playing with Jokic and Jamal quite a bit. If they're playing, you know, 35 minutes, He's playing 30. There's going to be overlap. The, the The advantage that you get is he's going up against other backups. And that's that's an advantage this year. And, I mean, he's shooting the ball better than he did last year, playing t- almost twice as more minutes, um, shooting 56% from the field, shooting 42% from three. Um, I I thought his it, the, that percentage would drop. You know, with him shooting twice as much, especially but with it, how many contested threes he takes, right? But it's <laughs> it's the, the three point percentage is the same, and the field goal percentage is fifty percent better, or fifty, not fifty percent better. I don't know. I can't do math. Seven percent better. It's so, better. <laughs> it's 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 much better. So you know, it's <laughs> that's he he's he's so damn good offensively that I think it's just this year. Make sure he gets some minutes. That's the that's the only thing that Malone has to make sure that happens. I don't care if he starts. I don't care if he comes off the bench. Whatever. He needs to get those minutes because that's what's only going to benefit them in the in the long run. Not yeah. necessarily him starting. I agree. Um, and I've never seen a guy that I thought goes out out of his way more to take contested shots than Jamal Murray <laughs> and MPJ is really giving him a push. Like MPJ is like, "Oh, I see your cute little fadeaway mid-range jumper. Check this out. 30-foot contested three-pointer. Bang. I'm knocking that one down." And then you you have Jokic, you know, "I guess I'll take this fadeaway Sambor shuffle. The ball will touch the ceiling and it'll net it." And I'm just like, "This guy's amazing." Um Milan wants our, our opinion on Bobol. I mean, I, listen, I, I think there is potential there. Um, I Do I trust him? No. I think defensively he's out of position a lot, and they mentioned that on the broadcast a lot. That's why he doesn't play a lot. We know the talent is there. I mean, we know he has ability, but I, it's hard for me to trust him uh, as far as his progress. I don't know how much you can progress if you're not pay- playing a lot. I mean, hopefully he's just he's doing what he can in practice to to improve his game. I think unfortunately for Bull Bull, it's it's not only he's out of position, but it's sometimes effort too. Like I think there's times where guys are going to the basket and he's on the weak side and he doesn't even make an effort to contest guys. Like he's just he's lazy about it. And I'm like, dude, 
if you just stepped over and just put your hand out a little bit, that would change a layup attempt. Um, so I think there, there's a lot of things with Bull Bull. Now, the potential is there. As I said, the talent is there. As far as him doing anything major within the next year or two, I, I just don't see it. Yeah, if I were the Nuggets, I'd send him down to G League because he's not going to play. Uh, Malone doesn't trust him. Um, and the only way he gets better is if he does play. So I would send him down to the G League for the year, let him develop. I think the problem with that is just the Nuggets don't have depth right now. Um, but you know what? I think Malone has more trust in Zignaji than than Bol Bol. So maybe you you go out and, and maybe you try and sign someone. You send Bol Bol down to G League. I would even send RJ Hampton down to the G League. Um, I'm not really sure why they haven't done that already. Um, uh, is the G League even going on? I mean, that well, could be maybe it. that's why. Maybe that's yeah, why. I don't I, even know if it's even. I didn't happening. even think about that. Yeah, the G League's probably not happening. So that's 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 why they haven't uh, been. Yeah, if it was a normal year, that, good point. Uh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, if, if if it was a normal year, Bull Bull RJ Hampton would both be in the G League at the very least. Um, I the other thing too, I I think. I really like Zeke Naji. I would like to see him get more minutes on this team. Uh, it's not going to happen, but it's just, it, it's so frustrating to, I, I get why Malone is the way he is. And, and I also get, you know, with, with the way the season has started and with them struggling, it makes sense that, you know, he's not playing some of these younger guys. Um, but you know, against the Knicks when it was a blowout in the third quarter. I mean, you know, I, I would like, you know, Zeke Naji to come in a little bit sooner than four minutes. Yeah, I mean, these guys are getting four minutes, like the final four minutes. Bulls yeah, getting like the last two minutes. Just like, what yeah, are you doing? Like, let's, let's, you know, especially because I think Zeke Naji can, can add a little bit uh, to this team. Now, I think he was playing, he had a couple of games, I think, where he played a little bit more because Jamaka Green was out. Um, he, you know, long-term, I mean, maybe he's that fix at the, at the power forward position, but that, you know, I just, I want to see at least Najee get more minutes. Um, just because I, I think he's a, he's a guy that they could use later on. But other than that, I mean, I, yeah, like I said, I don't, I don't, I can't really say anything about Bull Wall just because he hasn't played. So there's, there's really nothing to yeah say and milan uh, asked if we should yeah. trade him i just i mean maybe i mean if you if you could throw him in a, as a filler you know, as, a, as a contract well I, I think the only trade that i would be okay with um is just if it's a big trade and you're throwing him in yeah it's as, just as filler to to complete the contract numbers to match up i yeah no, i mean as a young uh, as a young potential piece yeah, i, I well, think sure it, but it, it, you know if you're trying to go out and get bradley bill or james harden then you're probably going to have to throw in uh, uh, MPJ, Bull Bull, probably one of the other rookies. Um, then, uh, yeah, a, a pick. Speaking of Bradley Beal, maybe, that's maybe another guy it. who is playing insane right now. Yeah. He put up 60, 40, and they're still losing. That's just I – feel, I feel bad for Bradley Beal. In a sense, I mean, he's making millions of dollars, so I don't feel that bad. But I mean, his team is is not good, and then Russell Westbrook is going to miss time with a quad injury. So it's 
Uh, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked. Now, I know he, he signed a long-term deal the season before last, I think. Um, and he said he's committed to, to staying there, but I don't know, well, I think, man. I think Washington, by the trade deadline, they're going to be looking at this team and like, ah, we should probably just rebuild at this point. Like, yeah. I think it's been more of Washington as it refuses to rebuild. Um, which, which is hilarious because they've been bad for – I mean, like the last three or four years. Well, I mean, hey, we have firsthand experience of uh, seeing a team that's been bad the last four or five years that refuses to rebuild. So that, that's I, true. You know, it, it happens. Um, but yeah, if you know if they continue to lose, uh, I mean, Bradley Beal came out and said we can't guard a parked car. I mean, they really can't. So you know, it, it, he's obviously getting frustrated. So he might be available, and the Nuggets. They, Man. they pieces. Listen, if Washington puts him on the block, you have to make a call. You yeah, have but to. It, look, it's gonna take. It's gonna take MPJ. Fine. Full first round picks. Fine. Um, you know, so I'm fine with it. Let's do it. Let's do it. And I get it's MPJ, but I do think Bradley Beal would be a better fit in the short term. He's a guy who doesn't necessarily need the ball. He can work off ball. Um, he can light it up. I mean, he's he's a guaranteed 22 to 25 a night, if not more. Uh, I don't know what he's averaging this year uh, or what he's averaged over his career, but, I mean, that's a guaranteed. I mean, I don't know how Jamal would feel about that, but, I mean, that, that I, honestly that, might make Jamal your second option but or third option. But Yeah, that that's the only issue. Bradley Bill right now is 27. Um he has three years left on that contract, I believe, including this year. So you'd have him for two more years. Um, this year, so last year he averaged 30 points per game. Sheesh. Uh, this year he's averaging 35. Oh, my gosh. Well, that's five, early. I mean, that's five 62. And five assists. Yeah, Ugh. 10 games, 35, 5, and 5. Ugh. In 49% from the field and 37 from three. I mean, if you're Washington, is there like I would think a Nuggets offer would be pretty intriguing of MPJ. You get a young guy who you could build around, could could easily make your your franchise player. I mean, you'd probably throw in Bol Bol. There's another potential piece, a couple first round picks and maybe, you know, maybe a Gary Harris, maybe a Will Barton or something like that. Um, a PJ Dozier, if they wanted a guard back, you know, to, to play that two position. I mean, that would be, could they get a better offer from anybody else? Like, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I think they could get a better offer from Brooklyn. If Brooklyn continues to struggle and they want to go out and get someone like who, um, who are they? I mean, Spencer Dinwiddie. Well, now he's hurt though. I mean, well, no. maybe if they throw in yeah. Karis LeVert. Yeah. You got Karis LeVert, Jerry Allen, um and uh i'm forgetting they have one other um and a couple first you know they'd probably take that um i don't know if they would take that necessarily over mpj if the way mpj is playing or played in the four games that he's played i don't know but yeah if bradley beal is available i think you have to the only my only concern i almost want to say maybe you trade jamal and you keep mpj just because I am nervous about the Nuggets going out and getting another guard and how that matches with, with Jamal. Um, so I, I don't know, but 
I just look. I I would have, to be honest, I would have done everything I could to get to get Chris Paul, and that's where you know I'm. Every time I see Phoenix, and it just kills me because yeah. that was what I wanted. That's they could have gotten him if they you know were willing to get rid of you know Monte and Will, um, and you know a first. Um, that probably would have been enough. It's just I don't well I don't know how much uh, OKC got for for CP3 probably not that much because they have most of their pieces so I don't really know really yeah I don't I don't remember what they traded for him I can look it up real quick yeah because what what I mean Denver could have offered Monte Will and a first um let's see so that's so it was a three team deal. Okay. Um, let me see. So with this trade, the Thunder have turned the total. So Oklahoma City originally acquired Paul. Okay, hold on. Give me a second. Uh, so I can't imagine Phoenix gave up that. I remember seeing the trade, and I saw what Phoenix gave up, and I was like, what? Yeah. Really? Okay, so the Suns traded Kelly Oubre, Ricky Rubio, Ty Jerome, Jalen Leck, and a 2022 first-round pick to the Oklahoma City Thunder for Paul yeah. and Abel Nader. The the Nuggets could have gotten rid of like the the Kelly Oubre. So they that was a three-team That's deal all? with with uh, Golden State. So you could have sent Will to Golden State. You could have now maybe Golden State really wanted Kelly Oubre, and so then you know. But they ended up flipping him. He never even played a game for them. Well, oh wait, so what? Wait, who was? Oh well, no, they flipped him. Oh, okay, so they that was just a two-team trade then. I it guess was, I thought it was a three-team, but it was it was a two-team. Well, okay, well then they flipped Kelly. Okay, so then yeah, do you you could have given up? Now Will was coming off an injury. So, you know, Kelly Uber played really well for Phoenix. So that's the kicker. But you also are sending Monte. Monte is, I would say, better than Ricky Rubio. Um, yeah. So, and then, you and know. Ty Jerome, Jalen. I don't even know who those players are. Yeah, I mean, shoot, <laughs> you could throw you could throw Bull Bull in there. Oh, man. So Bull Bull had more, way more valuable at that at the time than he does now. So, yeah, that that one kills me because what CP3 has done over there in Phoenix I just changed their organization. It. Yeah, he he would have been fantastic with Jokic. He would have been fantastic with Jamal. It it would have fit, you know, so well. Um, that it just sucks. It just it really sucks every time I see that team play and the way they play it. Man, it it's just it's it's killer. So that's yeah. a that's a really good team. Um, I think that the Nuggets have just been a little too patient, and and I've been really worried about, you know, when is the time to kind of strike right for the Nuggets, and I think part of it is they want to wait out LeBron, and I get it; it makes sense, and they have the ability to do so. They don't; they're not pressed for time, um, so I understand it. But at the same time, man, the you know, CP3 was available. You pass on him, fine. But if Bradley Beal becomes available, and and you don't pull the trigger, and and he gets traded, and you look at the pieces, and you say, well, Denver could offer something better. That's 
You know, it, it's just unless unless MPJ comes back and plays out of his mind and continues to average, you know, twenty points a game and seven rebounds, and his defense gets better and you know starts working out. But we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I agree. If ba- if Bradley Beal becomes available, you have to at, le- at the very least kick the tires, if not. But you have to you, you yeah. have to trade MPJ for Bradley yeah. Beal, and so and I'm that's fine with that for right now. Right, but if MPJ comes back. And he's out there putting up twenty and twenty five games, yeah. seven over seven, eight rebounds. We got some I don't time. Know how you, I don't know how you could you could trade that right now. Yeah. We got some time before the trade deadline, so it'll be unless Jamal's struggling. Like yeah. I said, if Jamal keeps on playing the way he's been throughout the season, I I wouldn't hey, and, and Monte is playing the way he is, move Monte up at the one, Bradley Deal at the two, MPJ at the three. Whoever at the four, Jokic at the five, roll with that. How the tables have turned from Jamal supporter to get him out of town. Just God. I mean, I'm not advocating it. I'm just saying. No, I know, I know. I'm I'm just saying. I if if you trade Michael Porter and he's playing really well and 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 Jamal's still a bit inconsistent, I just how is he going to become more consistent with Bradley Beal right next to him? I get it. You know, I I just I don't I don't think that that would work. It's going to be fun to watch. We got a lot of time before the trade deadline, before any moves like that can even be considered. Right now, I think it's just best to just stay the course and see what we have in this team once they get fully right and and have the full pieces available. But that's going to do it for us today on the show. Shout out to Milan. I'm not going to even try to pronounce your last name because I don't even want to mess it up. I think I have it, but again... I don't want to mess it up. So shout out to you for interacting with us on the uh, on the chat. I believe this is the first well, time you've you ever been in. I'm curious, huh? Where's where where are you from, Milan? If you're still listening or I mean, watching, that, that has to be Serbia, right? I mean, the itches. They're all <laughs> they're all from Serbia, right? Isn't so the that's Donovich, why that's why well, that's why Lokic. I asked because I'm you know I'm curious. All I'm curious if if he is from Serbia. He is is he our one Serbia Serbian maybe maybe from from the where are you from Milan oh, you're still in here come on where are we where are we from he's like I was born in Arkansas then he's like oh, <laughs> oh. all right <laughs> well now now we just feel stupid so Serbia yeah all right shout out to <laughs> Serbia all right. Well, thanks, Milan, for tuning in, man. Uh, We appreciate you interacting with us the whole time. Shout out to you for that. And thanks to you guys again. Almost to 1,000 plays on on the podcast, and and we really appreciate you guys for tuning in. I know Brandon's takes at times are very painful to listen to, wanting to trade Hall of Fame quarterbacks and thinking Chris Middleton is good. Russell Wilson's playing great. huh? That that was worth the $45 million. Woof. Fantastic! <laughs> I'm not. I'm not too bad. Too it. bad you couldn't spend more money on your offensive line, or you know, your your defense, or anything else. But hey, you know, you're you're gonna have a third of your cap. They wouldn't even be there without Russell Wilson. They wouldn't even be there. All right. And plus, he and Pete Carroll backed up the bus over their offensive coordinator. So that's who they I'm blaming backed, as well. They backed into the regular season because Russell Wilson has sucked the last half of the season. Okay. Well. Now, now you're just being look, wrong. Look, I'm I'm off the whole Mahomes thing because Mahomes' deal benefits Kansas City, so that goes against the whole. You still you know, wanted that, that, to trade him, so you don't. In, you don't the, get in, the, back in off. the in the in that scenario of him getting a Russell Wilson type of contract where it takes up a third of your your cap space, yeah, 
because you. because you're seeing it. You're seeing it in Seattle. You're wrong. Hey, you're wrong. congrats. Make the playoffs as a wild card and get bounced every year. Congrats. Uh, Have wrong. fun with that. You're wrong. Russell Wilson will Russell Wilson unless he's unless he's unless his contract is lower and not taking up as much of that cap space will never win another Super Bowl again. You don't trade Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Hey, Seattle will will if 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 they continue to pay Russell Wilson that much money, Seattle will not win a Super Bowl until they have a different regime. You, you know how you win a they Super Bowl never, with paying quarterback you, that much money? I guarantee you Russell Wilson will not win another Super Bowl in Seattle. Ever. You know, you know how you win Super Bowls with a quarterback that takes up that much cap space? You draft well. That's how. Well, they sure as hell haven't drafted you know, well then. It's not Russell Wilson's fault. So that's all I'm saying. That's gonna do it for us today. Thank you guys for listening on this Tuesday. We'll be back on on Friday to uh, discuss whatever's pressing. I'm, I'm going to make one early pick here for the playoffs. Oh, I, oh yes, the playoffs. Uh, by the way, Brandon has officially lost Pickham. He has been mathematically eliminated. Yes, I have. Um, so the Cleveland Browns are beating the Kansas City Chiefs. See you next time. No, no, you do not get to end on that. There's no, no. Are you kidding me? Uh, the Cleveland Browns. I will bet you a crumble cookie box on that alone. <laughs> the Cleveland Browns are beating the Kansas City the, uh, Crumble cookie, party box, or well, gift card. Do I don't it. know if I want to put, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I exactly. Yeah, you're not but that the, bold. The Cleveland, but I am picking the Cleveland Browns this week. Well, yeah, it's okay. Well, when the they, Cleveland Browns are beating the Kansas City Chiefs. When they get dropped, you know, a 40 piece on their head. Um, the oh, matchup, dear. the matchup works. It just, it's a, it's a, like I said, three it's weeks what everybody ago. keeps telling me. It's, it's just that matchup. That's, the, that's not the team that Kansas City wanted to see. That's the one team. Oh my gosh. You're gonna, you're they, gonna, they, they would have, if they had to play Buffalo, if they had to play Buffalo, here's, they would have boat raced Buffalo. Here's, here's what I want from you. When the Chiefs ultimately win this weekend, I want a written statement apologizing to not only me, but Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes for picking the Cleveland Baker Mayfield Browns over them. That's what I want. That's what I expect. The Cleveland, the Cleveland Browns. Oh my gosh! Are beating the Kansas City Chiefs. Maybe to the field first for warmups. That's about it. They're you're oh. look. Their defense is solid. They can run the ball. Yeah. Oh. You know who else could do that? That's, that's San Francisco in the Super Bowl. And what happened to them? They have a they have a way better passing game than Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh my Come gosh. On. Come Are you on. kidding me? Baker, Jarvis George Landry, Kittle, the rest of that team. Debo and, Samuel. And by the way, and by the way, they didn't have Nick Chubb. Oh. oh. Nick Chubb is a top five running back in the league. He oh. might be. He might be second. We'll we'll see Gary how Henry. that goes. Listen, listen. If you're right, I will rejoice because anytime I see the Chiefs lose, which hasn't been very often lately, it's very depressing for me. I will be happy. Look, but, I'm not trying to just be a Chiefs hater because I've actually really enjoyed watching the Chiefs, and I love Patrick Mahomes. He's my favorite player in the league right like now. Doesn't sound like it. You wanted to trade him. So. He, he's, he's, oh, my God. He's my favorite player in the league right now, but I'm telling you in the in, in the playoffs and, and the way the Chiefs kind of just lollygagged all year, 
I, if it's close, yeah. I, people, I think people said that about out. the Warriors. Oh, they're just they're not taking it seriously. And then what sure. do they do? They're inevitable. It's like Thanos. They snap sure. their finger and you're done. But that's also a seven game series. Yeah. I so just, we I'm, we've seen we've seen plenty of teams as a number one seed getting a bye week. There's no and, any given Sunday with the Chiefs. And look, well, Patrick Mahomes hasn't played in two weeks, three weeks. Fine. Just saying. Just saying, I I I'm someone who doesn't like the whole wrestling thing in the, in the last week of the season, especially when you have a bye week, the next week, and you've also kind of lollygagged all year and haven't really you haven't blown anyone out except for the Broncos, but that's you know that's 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 the yeah, Broncos. It's easy that. to do, yeah. right? So other than the Broncos, you haven't blown out anyone. You've been in close games not not constantly. Your defense isn't very good. Your running game isn't very good you're so reliant on Patrick Mahomes which is fine he's the best quarterback in the league ever but you're so reliant on him that when you play a good defense and a, and a team that can that that has the probably a top three running back in the league might be the second best running back and Baker Mayfield who's on a hot streak I don't think it, I don't think their defense will be able to stop Cleveland I don't okay we shall see. I'll give you this. I don't. It, it will probably be a close game because the Chiefs it's, haven't it, haven't blown out anybody a lot this it's year. It's the one team I, I said I told you three weeks ago. The one team that will that will make it difficult for Kansas City in the playoffs is Cleveland. I don't think Buffalo can can hold them to anything. I think I think Kansas City would beat Buffalo by three scores. But okay, Cleveland's Cleveland's going to make it difficult. All right, here make also, it difficult Baltimore, on you. Also, also, Kansas City would beat Baltimore by two scores. Oh, they always beat. They always slap around Baltimore. Yeah, it's right. just like, oh, this is cute. <laughs> <laughs> no, what about You're Lamar saying, Jackson? No, Cle- Cleveland's that one team that's going that's that can that can possibly beat Kansas City. I I hope. Milan is like the Chiefs will win. Let's be real. Thank you, Milan. <laughs> even even in Serbia, they I, know. I cannot wait until when Cleveland beats them, and I come back on Monday. I'm telling bet bet a I want, crumble gift card on this. I am so uh, confident. Already, How about this? I'm already gonna lose. Uh, pick them. I will. So I will sweeten it up for you. Okay. I will sweeten it up for you. I am so confident that the Chiefs will win. I will give you two ten dollar crumble cookie gift cards. If they lose, and oh, well, all I'm you already... have to do is just give me one. How about this? If if because I already have to give you the ten dollar. If one you're going to tell the, me it cancels it out, I'm not it doing it. it. Out. No. <laughs> but I still but need if, to come but, away with one. But if 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 I if I lose, then I owe you two. Oh, but hey if now. I win, I don't owe you anything. Oh, hey now. Huh. So so if I if Cleveland wins and beats Kansas City, you don't get squat. Ooh. But but if Kansas but if City Tennessee does beat wins. Cleveland, you'll get a twenty dollar. Oh man. He's preying on my on my gluttony. <laughs> That's what he's doing. You can get a guarantee ten or you can risk it and get it up to twenty. Oh man! Ooh, I 
I do already have $40 in Chromebook gift card. <laughs> okay, let me wait. I, I would still have the win over you and pick them, but no reward to show over it. Mm-hmm. But then if Kansas City wins, I could get double that. And I could get really fat. <laughs> Let's do it. Deal. Right, I'm in. Deal. If the Browns win, you don't owe me a crumble gift card for winning Pick'em. Okay. But if now, the Browns now, lose. Here, I'll, I'll say real quick, if there's any injury on both sides, like a major injury, we'll just cancel. Like if Patrick Mahomes okay. all of a sudden, you yes. know, dies it, yeah. or or Tyreek Hill is out. And like if that. you don't, if, if there's There's an insurance. injury for Kansas city that you feel okay. like you don't like, or if for whatever reason, Baker or like a COVID thing happens and they, you know, Patrick Mahomes can't play like or if okay. anything, if anything like that, cause it's a weird year. With we just COVID go back to stuff, normal. We go back to normal. Okay. But cause, cause I don't want, I don't want a situation where Patrick Mahomes, you know, misses the game and then it's like, well, or, you know, Baker Mayfield or, or Baker, cramps up. Well, or Baker, something happens with, but yeah, okay. either side. All right, that's it, fair. Because with COVID, it literally anything can happen, and I don't think if like if Patrick Mahomes misses a game due to COVID, they won't they'll, they won't postpone the game, will they? Oh, they'll trot him out in a bubble boy suit, <laughs> and they'll make him play. So, you better get in there, Patrick. <laughs> so sorry. Yeah. Right? So due, due to the COVID stuff. Okay. You know, All right. That, so that's the only thing. There's insurance on it, but if the Chiefs win. I get $20 in crumble cookie gift card. If the Browns win, Brandon doesn't owe me anything for pick'em. Co- if, it's, if everyone's oh, playing, if everything, everyone's healthy, it's on. If there's a major injury before the game, not during the game, before the game, then, or, uh, or a COVID issue, injury or COVID issue, then we'll talk about it. I've never been a bigger Chiefs fan in my life. If there's an injury to like the Chiefs, but you still feel comfortable that the Chiefs win, then we'll go on with it. Okay. But we'll talk about it on Friday. Okay. All right. Because they play on you're they so... play on Saturday or Sunday? Uh, Sunday. Let me see. Let me double check. Sunday. I think they're the Sunday game. Let's see. Uh, yes. Or okay. no, that was last week's. Hold on. Yeah, yeah. They're they're the early game on Sunday on CBS. Oh, love it. So I will have all of Sunday to rejoice. Love it. I'm telling you, in all the years for Cleveland to make it to the Super Bowl, it's going to be this year. If there's ever a year, it, it would be 2020, 2021. That, I'm just saying. Now, I'm not saying that if they if they beat the Chiefs, I'm not sure that they get to the Super Bowl. Depends on who they play. It's going to be Buffalo. Baltimore beat them earlier, and if it if it's Buffalo though, I I think Cleveland could beat Buffalo. I that's don't know. The, that's the only other team I can see making it to the Super Bowl out of the AFC is Buffalo. Buffalo is really good. Their defense is playing better. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not as great as they were last year, but they're playing better. I just I, I don't think they like they're a the they're like the Chiefs mini me. So there's no way in hell that they beat the Chiefs. I'm just saying that I think Cleveland matches up better. I'm not sure if Buffalo beats Baltimore. I'm really not. Oh my god! What I, I is think that's wrong be, with you. I think. Well, I look. I think. I, I, I'm probably gonna pick Buffalo, probably, but I wouldn't be like. That's gonna be a good game. I think that's gonna be a really. Good I don't game. think so. I think that one's gonna be like a ten point game. Baltimore's been really good lately. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, uh, I just don't trust Lamar. Like he got his first one. I just don't trust him after that. But all right, I like it. I can't wait till Monday when you regret <laughs> this. There's no take backsies. 
You cannot back off of this either way. Unless there's a COVID or Unless, yes, unless, you know, <laughs> someone tears a hamstring in practice or COVID completely wipes out one team. I can't believe you're making, I can't believe you are putting your confidence in the Cleveland Browns. But you know what? Hey, I'm known for doing it. So I'm, I'm more than happy to do it again. If, I'm uh, loving this. I, the fact that the Cleveland Browns are 11 and 5 and have a, I, I think a good shot at beating the Chiefs. And the Broncos are sitting there without a quarterback after five years still, I think is hilarious. And he's a Broncos fan. The Broncos Somehow. are the new Browns. Yeah. They've uh, they've traded places. All right, that's They're gonna do it for us today. You know the names on the quarterback list? They're almost there. Yeah. I mean, well we now, have a carousel. So Yeah, that was twenty years for the Browns. The Browns have too many quarterbacks to have a carousel. They had the carousel and people waiting in line, like Elich's. That's what they had. Well, That's going to do it for us there. today. <laughs> we thank you guys for tuning in. Again, shout out to Milan for interacting with us uh, on the show today. And shout out to you guys for, for listening. Uh, for Brandon Stoll on the other side, I am Stephen Priest Jr. This has been the Behind the Glass Sports Podcast. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.